Welcome to the Creative Empire Podcast. Each week, Raina Pomeroy, the life and biz success coach, and Christina Scalera, the attorney for creatives, are taking you up close and personal with successful influencers in the creative community and tackling your biggest business hurdles. Their mission is to help you, creative entrepreneurs, think beyond your daily biz so you can make the brave decisions that build your creative empire. Welcome back for another episode of the Creative Empire Podcast. Raina and I are joined today for another mentoring session with Andrea Rhodes. And this one is extra special because this is actually our second one. You guys didn't get to hear the first because lo and behold, I'm not good at technology. And yeah. Anyway. Oh, stop. <laughs> Tech just happened. <laughs> Well, Andrea, she is the creator of Selfies to Selfless, which is a site that empowers new-ish moms, and her writing has been featured on Scary Mommy, Huffington Post, Badassery Magazine, Parent.co, and other online publications. If you haven't checked her out yet, she's on a mission to bring knowledge, community, and laughter to moms who are in the first few years of motherhood, because as she says, being a mom is hard AF. Andrea lives in the Midwest with her husband and two kids, kids plural, husband singular. When she isn't writing about the excitement of tracking her kids' bowel movements, she works as a full-time, she works full-time as an analyst at an insurance company which just sounds riveting, which is why I'm glad we're here today, Andrea. <laughs> yes, it is riveting day in and day out. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, what are you working on right now that you would like some mentoring feedback on? Yeah, sure. So your audience missed out on our first session, which is no big deal because I actually feel like I've got an even better a better thing to talk about this time around. So I do have my blog and, and that's been going really well for the last two years. And I've been serving my audience by just giving them really good parenting content, uh, you know, real world advice, lighthearted anecdotes, just to kind of alleviate the stress and craziness that comes with being a new mom. I'd kind of hit a point where I just wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with this. What do I want to do with my audience? How can I better serve them? And as luck would have it, I kind of just came up with this concept that I want to explore with you both today to kind of figure out how do I how do I blow this out? How do I test this with uh, with my audience, with moms, with dads to see if it's something that might stick and how the heck do I even get it out the door? So this concept really came from my own personal experience when my 3-year-old, she's so silly and she's so sassy, and she says the craziest things and I don't remember them. I mean, sometimes I can't even remember them just a few days later. If, if grandma asks me something about her and I'm like, oh my gosh, she said the silliest thing. And then I have nothing. I can't remember the things that she has said or the silly things she has done. And, and I, those are those little details, those little moments that I know I am going to want to look back at five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. And I am going to be so sad if I, if I lose those little moments, those memories. And I'm not talking about the big events in their lives, the birthdays, the Christmases, the holidays, the family get togethers. There's plenty of people capturing those moments. I'm talking about those little details, the day in and day out, the little habits that they only have for a couple of weeks, that toy that they snuggled with for, you know, five days straight and then couldn't remember it then, you know, on day six. Those little things, I think, just really paints a better picture of your parenting journey. This is such a funny one because 
this past weekend, we were at a farmer's market. My son is four years old and he saw a guy who was roasting peanuts and he was like, oh my gosh, I want, and he really likes peanuts. And he's like, I really like, I want them. But he was saying the wrong word of, you know, male appendage. (laughs) And he's screaming at the top of his lungs. This is what he wants. And we're just, my husband and I are looking at each other, cracking up and like, you know, it's a fun way to document that. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this idea and what you're thinking about. So tell us, what does it look like to be able to document some of this stuff? Yeah. So you know, from my own experience, I, I've tackled this a few years ago whenever I, I realized I wasn't capturing enough. I don't have a baby. I didn't really, I wasn't into the baby books. I was terrible at that. You know, I, I took photos and I have tons of photos in the cloud that I'm probably never going to look through. Right. But how do you get something a little bit more tangible and with more context? And something I set up for my own kids, I set up two separate Gmail accounts for them, just an email account with their names. And I randomly will send them an email, like a letter from mom uh, about something they did that day, or maybe a certain phase of life that they're in. Yesterday, my six-year-old finally learned how to ride a bike. And I thought that was such a big moment for him. And it was very special to me to finally see him kind of conquer that fear. I just said, you are six. This is kind of what you did today. I was so proud of you. You told, you rode up on your bike to me and said, mom, are you so proud? proud that I conquered my fear. (laughs) And I said, of course I am. And so I I gave just a little bit of an anecdote. And then I attached a video of him riding his bike and then just sent, you know, and I think that's a really good start, but I find myself forgetting to send these emails or it's been months since I've written them a letter or written them a note through, through their email accounts. And and then I just, I get down on myself about it because I'm like all these little moments I've missed and I haven't captured properly. So I envision this as a prompt kind of a thing where very hands-off from the parent side of it. They don't have to do very much of a setup, maybe just age of their child, maybe location of where they are, some just little maybe demographic type of things to where the prompts can be a bit more customized to the age range they are in and maybe where they're located. But beyond that, it's really just going to, in my head, I think it's going to be more of just a prompt uh, maybe once a week, maybe once a month, something that you can set up yourself, daily prompts if you wanted to, to give mom or dad a kind of kick in the butt to to capture those tiny little moments. And it, I don't imagine it taking very long, maybe three minutes of your time, a quick couple of sentences, attach a photo and you're done. That's kind of what I envision the first phase being. And then I have obviously a really big long-term vision as well. Awesome. So this is such a fun idea and I'm so behind it. I know that my son ha- also has an email that I set up when he was born and we've sent him emails, but I, I think that like in the past year, I've sent him maybe one. So I think that just getting a little nudge in my inbox and a reminder that says, oh, look, here's something that you can talk about or email about or document would be such an encouraging thing. And it's so fun to do. And sometimes I just forget. And last week I I had seen something pop up in my Facebook feed. I had done like one of those kid surveys where I asked my son like these 10 questions last year. And it was fun to be able to ask him the same ones and have some similar answers and some different answers. So I'm really excited about this idea for you. So let's dig in. Do you have any questions for us as we get this idea started? Yeah. So I know enough um, through your podcast and the the guests that you have brought on and as well as the other podcasts that I listen to that I need to test this with my audience before I just go full bore into it. You know, I have a hunch that this is going to work based on just anecdotally from friends and and other moms and dads that I know, but I do have this built-in parenting audience already with my blog. So how do I tap into that to kind of get 
the right type of feedback that yes, this is something people want. And then to kind of start with a, a really scaled down version that I can test and get that up and running pretty quickly so that I can kind of figure out a path of where I need to go. So here are just my thoughts. Like, let's get something up and running. What is the minimum viable product here that you can get out the door and get people jazzed about? And then how do we get more people excited about it and give them something for free? So like, just like a two-step funnel here is what we're talking about. What's the end product and what's a, a pathway to get people into that? So my first thing would be, let's talk about like sort of the, you know, not the complete, complete product, but the first thing that you might show to people and that something that people might purchase, what might that look like? Wow. I don't know. I wasn't even thinking. I was thinking something that I would kind of run on the back end and not like me personally, but some type of system that would mm-hmm. kind of do all this for them. So I guess I was initially thinking an MVP would just be an email forwarding kind of type of system. And I would love to be able to actually capture this data and then do something with it in the future. And I, I don't know if that's part of the MVP or not. And I have no idea how to even go about doing that because that sounds very big and having your own platform yeah. sounds like a lot. But I, you know, the idea really is those email prompts, which is very easy. I can very simply set that up through just an email funnel, right? And tag people based on a quick demographic survey that they, that they fill out and they join different lists, right? So I feel like that is something very tangible and easy I can do. But then I'm not quite sure, maybe from a technical perspective, how to actually forward it on to the right place or what that right place looks like. I think that you're making it a little bit too confusing, actually. So okay. how about, I'm just going to like simplify and see if we can maybe even start here. How old are your kiddos? Six and three. Okay. So they're six and three. And that's like a fun age because they're talking and they're walking and they've really got personalities. So what if you created this like memory bank email subscription type of thing where you're serving moms of three to six-year-olds? And it's $30 a year. I'm just making the dollars up. It's X number of dollars a year. And it's just you're going to get an email a week or email uh, whatever frequency you want, and then you're going to start them on this plan. So you get them through and they get these email prompts and see how they do. I mean, that's like one simple way to like write 30, uh, what is it? 52 emails. I can't count (laughs) 52 emails and then have them tested out for you. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a year. It can be like three months or six months even, but that would be one simple way of not even having to create technology. You can just use an automation enabled emailing system. Like I mean, even something like MailChimp can do this, right? And so you create a payment gateway and then put them into the system and then they get those emails. What are your thoughts? My only, I love that, except for my only question is, so I'm prompting them and, and maybe it's a simple like what happened today and then they fill it out and then it's on them to get it to another place or where does it, where does it land? You know what I mean? Ah, yeah. So great question. So one thing that you, like, if you, if we're keeping this super simple and just testing this idea out, what you could do is say, okay, you're going to send it to the, the mom or the dad or whoever decides to sign up and then they can just take that prompt, copy it copy it into a new email and send it to their kiddo. And you could, in the freebie version, you can give them instructions on how to get this set up and maybe like one or two of the the like email prompts. And then they can be enticed to sign up for the three months or six months or whatever. Oh, that's super interesting. Yeah, I dig that, especially because it's so easy to do. So I wouldn't mind giving that away as like a freemium type of thing and then kind of looping them into something a little bit longer term. 
Yeah. I mean, that's one idea. And I know that like, this is just one piece of what you talked about. And I can see it being like this huge thing where you're sending them emails on their birthdays, which is probably relatively easy to do. And, you know, if they're tagging themselves into a particular place, then you can send them an email after. I think those are more complicated. And definitely you can probably figure out how to develop an app or something like that. But in terms of like the memory keeping and doing that pretty fairly simply, I think you can get this up and uh, up and running before the end of the month. I kind of agree. Do you, what are your thoughts on doing one of the kind of like coming soon landing page type of things where it's I'm, I'm collecting emails specifically for this product and kind of teasing it out as I'm working on it? Is, is that something you guys think is a kind of an approachable method with this as well? I like blog posts, like a coming soon blog post that's actually helpful and informative and gives people content and you can get a good sense of how well the end product might resonate with people. I, it's not perfect because they're not paying for anything. They're not even opting in for anything. But we've had a lot of really good success by looking at what blog posts people are interested in and creating products around that. So, you know, by reverse engineering that, creating some kind of helpful post about something that these moms would be interested in learning about, and then hopefully having some kind of freebie, that might be what I have as far as like what's coming soon. So you could have like a, like a, if you're in Squarespace, you could have a cover page that has like a coming soon, click here to get the opt-in and then like a link to the blog post. I, I think it would be super easy to create a freebie with, that's like a checklist or something that's helpful. And then also have some kind of further content. And the reason I say that instead of just the coming soon page is because so many of us, at least myself, I'm like really jaded when I see a coming soon page. I'm like, oh yeah, right. Like here's another coming soon page where nothing's going to happen. And so okay. not only am I a little bit like, I don't think anything's going to actually happen, but I'm also not getting to know you or your brand or who you are or what you're eventually going to sell or anything. Like there's no trust being built. So I like the idea of you giving content because it's like write it now while you're, as Raina's talking about, while you're really passionate about it, not before you kind of go down that roller coaster and hit the bottom before you come back up where it's, it's like a thing to do. Like it's like a chore because that's what happens with these ideas is like, they're really fun and exciting. And then we go over the ledge and we're like, wow, this is a lot of work. So I like Raina's idea of keep it simple. Don't do more work than you need to do. This isn't the end product that you're going to have in a year or two years, five years from now just do the bare minimum and maybe put something out there that people can start to get acquainted with you, you know, leave them hankering for a little bit more, that kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. So I think you can do a couple of things, Andrea. I'm, I'm curious about the blog thing. I think you could just simply say why you're doing what you're doing, you know, your experiences with documenting stuff and how we kind of fall off the wagon with it. And then maybe just have that opt-in freebie kind of thing of here's something that's coming and I'm so excited to share with you. I think you can get that set up like, like now <laughs> and create that like one page document with here's how you set up that email. Here are things to think about. And then here are two prompts that can get you started. And we're so excited to send you more information in the future. That's kind of like your landing page essentially, but it's just a, a freemium, right? So that would be one thing I say. I also would think about figuring out the age range so that it's really specific to the like you want to get real clear, at least for this first product, about who you're talking to. So if three to six works for you, then I would just stick with that. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah. So uh, first of all, love the blog post because I mean, that's kind of my thing. So uh, yeah. that makes sense. I'm not quite sure why I didn't just go there first, but you know, 
So I think obviously adding value and content is an easy way to kind of introduce this. So I love that. The age range thing is a little tricky to me because of course, I don't want to get in like too big and over your head and over my head. So I totally understand what you're saying about kind of niching down into like a certain segment. But am I missing, is there an easy way with just like a single age question to kind of screen for that, to get that right kind of tailored content into their inbox that wouldn't take too much work, but would open up the audience quite a bit? I think that you can just kind of preface it by saying that this is just initially for... Yeah, it just is for three to six, like parents of currently three to six year olds. And like, yes, it like this freemium will be good for people with older kids or younger kids, but it would probably be best suited for this age or something like that. And it doesn't have to be like a huge disclaimer. It's just like, just stated as fact, I guess. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think that makes it. I mean, that would definitely make it faster for me to get it out and get it going. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing I'm thinking of. You, I know you're active on Instagram and Insta stories as well as your Facebook community. And so how can we draw out people who are already part of your community who already have, you know, three to six year olds or whatever age range you decide and get like a even pre beta going to get some of their ideas and some of their thoughts up and running? Great question. So I actually already put a poll out in my group today. Um, just yeah, just just kind of gauging their interest of, hey, I don't know about you, but I always have a hard time capturing these little details. Is that something you have a hard time with too? You know, just kind of getting the conversation started. So I think I can kind of continue that in my group for sure about how each of us does capture moners or, or does not and, and what we struggle with. Instagram, I think it would be almost easier because Instagram is capturing those little moments. Like my feed is full of the crazy little things that my kids do uh, all the time. But again, there's not very much context behind it. So I think that's a really, uh, that would be a really easy place for me to kind of introduce this concept of this picture is really cute, but you know, it's not going to be in the hands of my child someday. And it's going to lose its context as you scroll through your feed years and years later. So but at the same time, you're kind of doing the same thing with with capturing that particular moment in photograph form. Love that. Yeah. So let's get some of those people in this group. What would the beta for this look like for you? Man, I don't know. So you're saying like a beta in terms of like grabbing a group of people to test this for me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would probably it would probably be best in my Facebook group just because they do know me there pretty well. And I think that I would be able to reach out to them more one-on-one through Messenger and have those conversations with them and get them more on board with testing something like this, knowing that it's going to help a pain point that they have. I don't know how to actually kind of get it up and going other than you know, starting it for a couple of weeks, having those prompts, and then asking for feedback. I'm not quite sure how else to do it. Yeah, I think that that's exactly how you do it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I don't think it would take a couple of weeks. I mean, usually Facebook is like, bleh, all at once, right? Like it's, or it's nothing. So, I mean, throwing up like a poll would be a great option to get started. And then like just about the topics that you might be considering for prompts, just to see what people are interested in. You, you might be really surprised and you don't have to give it away. Like you can be clever and kind of get around the issue. When I do polls or when I do surveys, I never ask people, well, I try not to ask people like, how much money did you make last year? I'll be like, what kind of, I don't know, that's a bad example. I'm trying to think of a better example. So we didn't ask people how old they were on our recent survey, but we were able to tell because I said, 
like what was the popular hairstyle and I picked like the hairstyles through the years and they had to choose the hairstyle that was like in during a certain five-year period as they were growing up in, in high school so you can be kind of like fun with that and ask questions like do a poll get all the momentum and excitement out there so that there's more interaction and even more responses since Facebook tends to they reward you with with that interaction and then you can start to test out the prompts like Rain was talking about Yeah. I mean, I can literally just test out the prompts on Facebook. So, you know, what was something that your child refused to eat this week, right? Like something like that, where you won't remember in 20 years that they despised pizza (laughs) and now, but that's something you want to remember. So I can even test those type of prompts out and see what, what hits and what doesn't, and then kind of refine those as we go. I think that's so fun. Like you don't even have to have like a fancy email thing going. You can just test it in your group or even on Insta stories or whatever and collect that data, put it in your, you know, MailChimp or ConvertKit or whatever you got going on and then start charging for it in two months. Yeah. And a double bonus is it's good content for my page and Instagram anyway. It's good engagement. Super fabulous. Okay. So what are the next steps after you test the content out? So after I test it out, I obviously would probably just refine those prompts down to the bare minimum things that people are really wanting to capture and kind of better understand my audience there. And then figure out how, I don't want to say scale, that's too big yet, but figure out how to add more value to this concept of capturing memories. And is it the attaching of the videos, attaching photos? Is it attaching the geolocation of where they are or figuring out more about that person to customize the prompt? even further. Those are probably like different features that I would probably test next. I think those are great to have in the the future. But yeah, I, I would agree with Raina. Like, let's keep this simple and all that geolocation, all that. It doesn't need to happen yet. <laughs> that sounds really complicated. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious too, Andrea, about like what goals you would have or what does a price point sound like? Like what does a comfortable price point sound like just for this first product after it's off of beta? So as you launch it into the world, after you get feedback, what does that look like for people to pay and use this product? I mean, boy, that's so hard because I've only lived with this for like five hours. So (laughs) I haven't even given it any thought. We're just pushing you a little bit here. Yeah, no, that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. So I would, I guess if I, you know, if I had to say something right the second, I would suggest it would be a yearly thing. And uh, I would suggest maybe 30 bucks or 35 bucks a year for, for these prompts and just make it easy. And, and then obviously as, as the platform or whatever this thing turns into and as it grows, there are additional things that we could always, I could always ask my consumers that if they want to add on or engage with, and that would be um, maybe a different pricing structure or just diff- a different overall price. Yeah. Christina, I have a question for you. What do you think about like the year long thing versus like a membership kind of a model or other pricing structures? I think if you can commit to getting at least six months done ahead of time or like six months worth of content or prompts or whatever, then I wouldn't have any problem logistically putting a year time frame out there. My problem comes in when it's a new offer and you don't know how, how well you're going to like it or if you want to commit to it to a year, or if this is like going to be a nightmare product. So 
I mean, for me with the contract shop, I'm creating like one-off products. Basically, we don't have any courses anymore. We got rid of our courses. So we like even, you know, we just sold a GDPR bundle and that is a one-off thing, right? Like you download it, you implement it within an afternoon and that's it. There's no like six month or year long thing. That being said, we're launching a membership site soon which will be obviously ongoing and, and perpetual. But that's only because we have content for six plus months ready to go because I have done it in the past where I have signed myself up for a very long commitment of time to a group of people via something like this. And it just wasn't sustainable or it was, you know, like there wasn't enough interest. And then I'm like serving three people for a year and it's like annoying. So I think it's important to pre-launch it, but I, I like the idea of a membership because that is a little bit more flexible as far as memberships go. And like all the research I've been doing on it lately, it's kind of like online courses. Ramit Sethi talks a lot about how he doesn't, he tries not to use words that have some kind of educational or school connotation, words like courses, workshop, education, learning, because those are things that people have very strong kind of stories about in their head, whether they were good or bad at school. And let's face it, a lot of people are entrepreneurs because they weren't good at school. And so I think membership is starting to have the same kind of feel where people are a little wary and jaded of membership. So maybe it's not a membership, maybe it's just like a subscription of some sort, or maybe it's like, a, I don't know, something that you would call it. But yeah, I mean, I like committing to the long term until you know, this is something that you actually enjoy doing, and serving the quality over quantity model first, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like the subscription portion of it. The year long doesn't scare me from a content perspective because I'm not going to inundate their their inbox. I mean, parents are busy. They don't have time for it. So it wouldn't be more than once a week. And I think that might be too much. So maybe twice a month would be appropriate. So we're not talking about a ton of content, a ton of prompts. So that's kind of where that year came in for me where that felt pretty good in terms of a commitment. But I totally get what you're saying about like from a psychology perspective, it's like, oh God, I'm signing up for another other year long thing. And I don't even know if I like this thing. So I understand that too. So the subscription rings pretty true for me as well. The only other thought I had was if I was still kind of working on that one year thing, if I did do that kind of free period for a month, right, where you're getting two free prompts, and then you're kind of getting a sense of, oh, this is what this is about. This doesn't take me a ton of time. And I love it because it is capturing those moments. So I'm going to go ahead and continue on. If you feel like it's sustainable for you, and you've actually put some stuff out there into practice, then, I mean, go for it. I don't know what's holding you back other than the fact that it just is some implementation. And I think that'll probably be harder than you feel like it is right now. Cause it always is when we get to that phase, but at the same time, you know, while you do have this excitement and momentum, I would keep going with it. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's so simple to, and like, maybe this is just me, but like, I think it would be so much simpler to sit down and write 52 prompts. I mean, whatever, like if it's every other week, that's fine too. But I, 52 seems like the easiest number in my brain right now. So like, if you sit down to do it, it's probably going to be pretty simple. Like you just write a couple questions per prompt, right? So you can sit down and do it. That's a year's worth of content. You just schedule it out and then make it happen. And even if people don't do every single one, they know. I think I like the weekly thing just because they know, okay, every whatever day, every Sunday, I'm going to get an email and I'm going to sit down to do it. Or if I skip it, I know I'm going to get one next week. I think for me, like those habits are easier to build than just, I don't know, like 
worrying about, oh, is it going to come this week? I forget. Is it next week? So that's kind of my personal opinion, but. Oh yeah, that's a really good point. And see, that's why I need to just get something out because like that feedback makes sense to me. And I need to hear that from more than just a few people kind of like how they manage their inbox and the kind of habits that they develop and how it relates to keeping memories. So I think that makes total sense. All right. So I think you have a few marching orders here. So what are your next steps here? Okay. So I think next steps to is make sure I'm scaling way, way down and way back instead of getting too big and just really going forward and, and setting this thing up. And even if it's just for a small group to just get going, get rolling and to test some of these prompts and test some of these ideas with my built-in audience that I already have, that already trust me and kind of finesse that a little bit and then build something out that, that makes sense for my community. I love that. Can you also get that blog post and freebie up within the month too? Oh, yes. I think within like two weeks, I'm going to really push myself. (laughs) Okay, cool beans. So let's get that up and running. The only thing that we haven't talked about is pricing. For it to be worth it, just for this first stage of people, maybe let's say like the first 20 people that sign up, how much do you want to charge for it? Oh my gosh, I hate the pricing conversation. I know I shouldn't shy away, but I do. So for this first, like, so for the first iteration where it's really simple and scaled back, I mean, I don't know, 10 bucks. I don't even know, five bucks. I I have no idea. Yeah. Well, and so that's where the year part gets tricky because by the end of the year, this should look very different. You know what I mean? So that's where maybe the subscription portion comes in. It makes a little bit more sense because I would like to think that something I throw out there next month is not going to be the same thing that I have in a year from now. So I'm not sure how to kind of how to approach that pricing model, knowing that this is going to be iterating pretty significantly. So here's my take on this. And Christina, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, but somebody who invests in you at the very beginning of a baby idea, I feel like should get whatever it is that is promised, right? So if you say that it's going to be $10 a year for, for the year, not $10 a year, but $10 for the year. And by the end of this year, it's probably going to look a lot different. And no matter what changes within that year, you're locked in, you're good, and we're excited to serve yeah, you. It, and, you know, $10 is like, sorry, but it's not that much. And I know I have some people on my tripwires that are like, this didn't download immediately, or when is this thing getting shipped? And it's a download. And it's like, you know, they ask for a refund or something. And it's just, you'll get people like that. Maybe you won't because your community is smaller right now. Um, and you're probably not running Facebook ads. Facebook ads are like, whole nother topic. But yeah, I, I think for $10, you know, it's it's just not that big of a deal if things go well or not. And so that's also something to consider with pricing. Like I know personally that when I price things a little bit higher, I feel more responsibility to deliver. So I deliver a better product. And so, you know, there's some things not just from the consumer point of view to think about, but also from the producer side of view. The other thing to, that I will just say about my like beta test errors or you know the pre-sale pricing is that those people get a screaming deal every time every time I do that because it's like I always underprice myself the first time out of the gate you know like when I first sold contract templates I think they were less than a hundred dollars and those people I promise lifetime access to so they're now getting access to everything that comes with the four hundred fifty five dollar templates we sell now so I do like the idea of giving the people that are early adopters the best stuff and the best price. And I I like the idea of spoiling them because those are your, you want to build a thousand true fans. Well, this is how you start. 
Yeah, I love that. I think that makes a ton of sense. And I, and those would be my most loyal people. Those are the people. I mean, when I get people in my group, they stay. So they love the content I put out and they love the community. So I definitely don't mind spoiling them. Awesome. All right. I love that. But let's not do $10. I think you can do more than that. One, because I think you will show up more for them. And two, because I think that they will show up for it too. So like just thinking about like your competition for this product is like a book where you can do memory keeping, right? I think that would probably run in the neighborhood of like 15 to $25. And so like even that, and you're making it so much more convenient for them. And, you know, you're suggesting ideas for them for each week. And so I don't know, I feel like you should challenge yourself a little bit and test the waters with pricing. I can do that. I will step out of my comfort zone just for that. Yeah. And like, you don't have to price it at like the most expensive that it's going to be in the future, obviously. But for the first like 20 people, 100 people, whatever you want to set it as, and know that that's like a goal that you're trying to do. And I would love to challenge you also to think about, okay, when I actually get this up and running, what is it that, what number do I want to hit in order to like feel like this is going to be success and that I should take the next step? Mm, yeah, I love that because that that I I totally love that and just the fact that you said like you know a hundred people at that intro price that makes a lot of sense to me as well because then I know if it goes quickly then I know people want it and that price is too low and then it's time to kind of up my ante and up the price and up what I'm offering so that makes a ton of sense. All right, so let's get this up and running. I can't wait to see it when you're done like putting it up and stuff. Will you share it with us so that we can share it with the world too? Yes, absolutely. I will be back to update you. (laughs) Fabulous. Okay. So for anyone who is excited about this, maybe they have a three to six year old and they're like, yeah, I need this and I need to be part of this. (laughs) I I feel like I'm raising my hand right now. How can people get in touch with you and give you their feedback? Oh yeah. So probably the two best places would be either on Instagram, just search selfies to selfless or on Facebook. You can follow me on my page, selfies to selfless or join my community, which is the selfies to selfless community. So search that and you'll find me. Love it. Love that consistency. Okay. So Andrew, we're excited to hear what happens with this and for you to take the next steps and go build your creative empire. Are you ready to build your own empire? For more information, show notes, downloads, and tips on how to do it, head to www.creativeempire.co, where you can find out more about this week's episode and the two lovely ladies behind it all, encouraging you to build your own creative empire. If you enjoyed this week's show, it would mean so much to Raina and Christina if you could take two minutes to go to iTunes and leave a review. It's a little thing that makes a big difference for the show. 